If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Process This with Melinda Hill. We are happy you're here. We, meaning me, pretending I'm a we for some reason. Hi. Let's Process This is a podcast about processing and overcoming trauma and transforming it into creative treasure and life treasure because we are not defined by what happened to us, but we are defined by what we do with what happens to us. Hello. We also talk creative process, like how does stuff get made? How are people making things? How are people making it through things? My intention is that you will feel inspired and empowered and illuminated by the insights that you find here. And also, of course, entertained. Some quick announcements for you. If you're so inspired, please support this podcast by subscribing for free wherever you get your pods and rating it and leaving a nice review. Yummy, yummy review time. You can become a patron now directly on anchor.com or on patreon.com. So hop over there and become a patroon. You can access all this stuff at my website, melindahill.com. If you can do all or any of that, we are so grateful. We, of course, just meaning me. Another announcement for you. Very exciting. My comedy special, Inappropriate, is now out. What? Yes! I am so excited to share this comedy special with you. You can get it at melindahill.com or wherever you get your specials. It's also a comedy album. And you can get that wherever you get your comedy albums. The special is called Melinda Hill, Inappropriate. Few people said a few things about it. Hollywood Chicago says, combine the hilarity of prime observational comedy with the zen of inner peace, and you have Melinda Hill's stand-up special, Inappropriate. The sharp master of laughs delivers an hour of riffs on her life and her loves. Off the Tracks goes on to say, Melinda's special is bold, funny, and deep. A hilarious comedy hour jam-packed with laughs. Speaks to her development as a joke writer and deliverer, but also arrives at exactly the right time. Ooh, we love arriving at the right time. Gotta love that divine timing. Guys, did I mention that we are so happy that you are here today. Thank you so much for all of your support. Let's get into it, shall we? Hi, Steven. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. For I don't, I don't know why on my end I can't see if I'm showing up, but if, am I showing up for you? Yeah, I see you. You don't see me, are you? 
I don't see me, but I see you. So it may just be like, uh, you know, stupid Android stuff. Oh, you have an Android? Yeah, I am not. I I had an iPhone for a long time, and then I dropped it, and it shattered into a million pieces. And I was like, I can't, I can't be responsible for a piece of glass that I carry with me everywhere. Like, I just can't do it. So Android doesn't have glass. No, I mean it has glass on the front, but not on the back, and it just may. It's just I haven't. I mean, and whenever I need to replace it, it's like pretty easy. It's been pretty easy to get it replaced. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, I'm happy that you're here. And I wanted to ask you, Stephen. Stephen, we go way back. When did we even first meet? Do you remember? Um, I mean, it's a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like... 10 12 years ago probably yeah like in maybe performing in the valley at like some random bars or stuff like that like when we were kind of both starting or kind of getting into it how long have you been doing stand-up for well i've been doing stand-up like oh my gosh 17 years what about you i'm like 15. Okay, because I think that we met in New York City when I was opening for Jeffrey Ross at Caroline's and you were playing piano for him. 1000%. That is where we met. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's I that's the first time I encountered you and then at some point yeah, I feel like you've just, we've just always been in each other's consciousness and around and friends and doing shows. And then at some point we were writing a movie together, a very funny movie. Yes, yes we were. Absolutely. And yeah, like, and then you directed yeah. me in, in your commercial that you wrote this year. What's happening with that? Um, oh, that, well, we did that other commercial too, the one with Brent Weinbach and Fabio. That's right. So that's the first commercial we did was with Brent Weinbach and Fabio. That thing was so, where, where is that? I want to see that. That's on YouTube and it is insane. Okay. It I is absolutely hilarious. It's very funny. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you for sure. Thank you. I think um, the the thing that I remember doing of yours where it was kind of like, it was the first time where I was like, oh, um, I had a lot of, I'd done a lot of, you know, stand-up shows and I'd had some tape of myself and things like this that I, you know, I liked and, you know, this and that, whatever. And then I did your show, Tiger, uh, Tiger Lily at UCB. Uh-huh. And the video came back from that show and I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm good at this. Like, this is something that I'm actually good at. It was the first time I'd ever seen myself, like, do a great, like a really great show where the audience was like, um, your audience, that audience was Jay were just extraordinary and it was so much fun I, I pulled a bunch of clips from it that ended up uh, helping me get my album made so I, I, I was able to like 
I pulled clips and then we used it to like pitch to 800 pound gorilla for me to do my first big like record album. And, um, and then, you know, they, they, uh, I got to record my first album last year and it was like, so cool. And now it's on Sirius XM, which is really amazing. Wow. What's it it called? What's it called? It was great. It's called, uh, voices in my head. And, uh, and it's, I mean, I, I do a bunch of political stuff on there where I kind of talk about, you know, how stupid, the, all, you know, everybody, like not just our current politicians, but like past politicians have been like all the way back to like my childhood, just kind of making fun of them and doing impressions and really weird. And then just telling, you know, horrible stories about awful mistakes I've made and, and, and just, you know, all the people that, you kind of run into an LA and kind of doing, doing their voice, you know, and, and, uh, things like that. So it was fun. It was really a a fun experience for sure. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to check that out. And you're such a talented and gifted storyteller. And I'm really happy to hear that you had such a great experience at my show because I always loved having you on it. You're always great. Yeah. Anytime I got to do your show, I was always like, Oh, this is, this is what's what I'm like, this is my thing. Like your shows always had this like really great energy to them that like when you, when you do it, you just, you kind of walk away going, well, this is what stand up's all about. Really? You know, like this is my, what I like about it is your, was your shows for sure. For sure. Ah, Steven, thank you. And I, I'm so grateful that you that you think of me for these fun comedy roles that you write because I love you're you're a great director too, and you're a great comedy writer across the board. Some well, people, I, some people, the stand up. You're hilarious. I love working with you. I'd work with you anytime, any day. You're a very you're <laughs> you are a very kind and very sweet person, but you also you bring it on set. You're so funny and. <laughs> It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Where did you record your album? Uh, the Ice House, which is basically like cheating. Um, <laughs> because the Ice House is the, the greatest acoustic setup for a stand-up comedy show like ever in history. Like it's just uh, brick walls where everything on oh, the laughs sound like more laughs. Like if you bomb at the ice house main room, like just, just call it, just, you know, <laughs> let it go. It's like, it's impossible to have a bad set in that room because the audiences are like, they're LA, but they're Pasadena, you know? So it's like, they're, they're not like all industry people, but they are, you know, hip and they like, they'll let you take them places. They'll trust in like what you're going to do. And I had a very diverse crowd, uh, especially politically very diverse where like I knew I was making fun of Trump on stage and doing an impression of him. And I knew people in the audience that were hardcore Republicans that love him and think he was great and they were enjoying it and laughing and uh and then the people that and then stormy daniels was there at my taping and she was enjoying me making fun of of trump and then regular people were enjoying it so it was like 
It was like it, it was great. It's a great it's a great place to perform for sure. Did you do uh, two shows that night, or did you just tape the one? And does it live on um, the Gorilla label now, or where is it? Yeah, I did um, an eight p.m. and a ten p.m. And we recorded both shows. Devin Hamilton recorded both shows. God bless. I got him from you. I mean, he's amazing. Amazing. Um, and then uh, the video of it is coming out in pieces. We're releasing like joke by joke, track by track, just video. Uh, but the audio of it is available on Pandora and Spotify uh for free iTunes, I think you have to pay for it. And then it airs on all three of the Sirius XM channels, the comedy channels. Okay. So very, very cool. Yeah, so it's out, it's out in the world. Congratulations, Stephen. Um, was it an hour or half hour? It was uh, 50 minutes. Perfect. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, because my comedy special is coming out now on October 20th. It's available for pre-order now at melindahill.com. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, I'm I'm asking my guests, because the, the special is called Inappropriate. So I'm I'm want to take this opportunity to ask you, what do you feel is currently, what is inappropriate for you currently? Oh, you mean when it comes to material or, um, is there or anything, just... Is there anything in the world that you're finding highly inappropriate right now? Oh, man. Or in yeah. your own life? Uh, I mean... Oh, like, it's this is something that I find to be fascinating, but also I'm... I'm not like used to it in any way, shape or form uh, is like back when I was growing up, when I was growing up, if you wanted to see a, uh, a, a naked woman, right. Uh, you would have to uh, buy a magazine uh, and then uh, look through the pages of that heavily airbrushed magazine. Right. And then as I got a little older, right, it was like, it's like, oh, you want to see a naked one? Well, or you could try going on a date, you know, uh, and good luck when you look like this, you know. Um, but then, right, then you get a little older and then uh, the, there's video, you know, and things, right? And then you get older than that and then it's on the Internet, you know, and now everything's on the Internet and stuff, right? And uh, it was all... It was all like kind of going. There were like the people who do the those those things, right? And like Stormy Daniels, right? There's people like who do that job, and then there's everybody else. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a separation, but uh, you know between like um, people who do that and then people who do uh, other the other jobs in in life, right? And work at a bank. You know, stuff like that, right? Um, and then OnlyFans comes out. And I, I'm not kidding you, Melinda. When I say I know more women who have OnlyFans accounts than women that do not have. It, the only women I know that don't have OnlyFans is my mom and you. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because I don't even know what that is. What is OnlyFans? <laughs> it's like a website that people are making... Where they're just 
naked okay. and doing whatever. Okay. And they don't have to be naked, but a lot of times they they are, and they're just your friend that works at you know at the gas station, and then they're also uh, very very naked on the internet. Um, and and it's shocking because it's I mean it is good for them because their people are making money and doing things but it's also like well what's next is it like anybody can then what anybody can be a doctor you know <laughs> and it's gonna be like and, and then people just be performing like it'll be like uber surgery they'll just show up to your house and and give you a haircut you know or cut your or give you a you know give you not like a haircut give come and do surgery on you or uh or something i don't know you know like it just seems it's everything now everybody gets to be whatever they want like or everyone gets to do these jobs like like uh, there were, i used to take taxis when i lived in new york city and you'd get in a taxi and the taxi driver would know the city and he would go oh this is where the bank is oh you need a grocery store well there's one two blocks up on the right but now and because of the uber and the gps and the things everybody gets to be that job everyone can do that job but they don't need you don't need to know the city to be good at it there's movies where the plot of the movie is that the guy is a good taxi driver like that's not even that was there was a movie with queen latifah and jimmy fallon where he's a taxi and he's a very good taxi driver like that can't even you can't make movies like that anymore. It's fine. I don't, not that that was a great movie, but the point is, is I don't, I'm, I'm thinking, I think it's a little weird that everybody can be everything right now. That's that, 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 that's at some point I'm like, it's gotta be credentials of some kind. Yeah. Know? Like that. Not everyone can be an expert. So like, what do you porn so, credentials? I would like there to be porn credentials, is porn, what I'm saying. Okay, porn credentials is the name of your next album, Stephen, because that's hilarious. <laughs> you need to develop that bit ASAP and you need to get Stormy Daniels to do the infomercial for it. Um, oh, that's a great idea. What, uh, what do you see as a solution to this? Is there one? Um, you know. I don't, I think it's like once it exists in the world, you can't put the, you can't put the, 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 the you, you can't put the people, you can't put it back in the box. It's like, I don't know what the phrase for that is, but it's like, it already exists. And it's, uh, you know, it's the same thing with like acting, right? Like, you know, for, you know, actors, um you know if you wanted to audition for something when uh when I, when I first came to LA in the late 90s you would get a headshot and a resume and you would send it maybe with a tape or something to a casting office in the mail you'd get stamps and send it in the mail and like it was hard or and then you finally get an agent and then the agent submits you for stuff like now, my agent submits me for the same things a, a, a lot of times that people that have LA casting and actors access can do the exact same thing. So it's that's there's a little it's a little bit frustrating sometimes because you're like, man, oh man, it is the world has really uh, opened up a lot of things that I kind of wish that sometimes 
you know, maybe it'd be better to to make it less of not, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Melinda. There's just, I, you know, I get frustrated with certain things. Yeah, I hear you. So, Stephen, um, have yes. you, have you, this podcast is actually called Let's Process This. And I talk to people about how, if they've overcome any kind of trauma or obstacles and how they processed and healed from that. And, and if they were able to turn it into any sort of creative or life treasure, do you have any, have you ever overcome any obstacles or personal trauma? I mean, uh, you know, um, nope. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been fine forever. What are you talking about? Nothing bad has ever happened that has affected me that way. Um, my, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I had a, uh, uh, so I had like a, a very, I have a very, I don't know if we're allowed to use bad language on here or not. Yes, but, you are. Please, it's encouraged. Uh, I have a, I have a very shitty relationship with my father. He's a very awful human being, and uh, you know, walked out on my family and my mom and me when he when I was about thirteen years old, and. My mom raised me and my little sister on her own and, and is an amazing woman and put up with all sorts of crazy nonsense. But really, like, you know, she's the reason I am the way that I am in my life. And um, my sister is the way that she is. Like, my, you know, my my little sister has a um, an album coming out right now that Ben Harper produced and she's, uh, she was in Rolling Stone magazine last week, which is an enormous thing. And so my mom's really proud and I'm really proud of course. And, um, but yeah, like having, having that kind of situation happen, um, basically long, long story short is that, uh, after my, parents got divorced my father was like oh i uh i don't have any money to pay like alimony child support like i don't have any any money so uh I, he moved to new york city and he was like i don't have any money to pay for anything so you guys are gonna have to kind of fend for yourselves a little bit and so it was like rough and hard and my mom worked at mcdonald's and like worked like crazy crazy hours and um i kind of invented jobs and things to be able to make, you know, make any extra money. And like, we were struggling really, really hard. And then, uh, she, we, we decided to go on a trip, um, to upstate New York to, it was a, for a job where like I would work as a waiter at a camp and my mom would be like the assistant camp director or the head camp director or something like this. And so like we worked at a summer camp for a summer and during that summer, my mom was like, it's time, let's go down and go find your father in New York city and like, let him know that like he needs to, you know, pay child support. He needs to do this kind of stuff. And even though he's broke and he's, you know, living in some tiny apartment, like let's go down there and, and really, you know, let him know he needs to, he needs to come to the table and like make something happen. And so we, my sister me and my mom went down to New York city. Um, we had an address 
and a map because it was, you know, that's how things were back then. And uh, we walked and, and took a cab and then found his apartment building, which was the Trump Tower in Columbus Circle. And he was renting the 22nd floor, one floor down from Steven Spielberg and two floors up from Michael Jackson. What? Yeah, he had been pretending to be poor so that he wouldn't have to like share any of his money or or pay or pay alimony or or child support. I gotta put my dog up on the couch. Um, so she may you may see her fat face at some point. So when so then you know there was like a big fight of like you know I mean we had had to go to court and do the whole thing and then he had to like admit that he had been lying and he had to pay like back alimony back stuff and then like over the years and he wasn't paying a lot he was paying like you know like 500 bucks a month like which is you know like it's 500 bucks but it's like come on like for a wife and kids like that's you know that's 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 not like a lot to live off of so they were he was doing what he could and yeah i mean she was doing what she could and he was full of shit you know so uh that was pretty bad and then i tried to form some sort of relationship with him and uh and then uh when he had he had a stroke when i was like in my 30s and uh i went to him and i tried to you know help you know and uh i took over paying alimony payments for like a few months to like give him some time to recover and then he recovered and he like went back to paying and doing the stuff he was supposed to do and uh after a a little while he just kind of stopped paying again and he was just like yeah i can't afford it you know the stroke really you know took me out of my you know whatever and so we were all very understanding. My mom was very understanding and I was, you know, we, we all felt bad for him and whatever. And uh, my mom was like, all right, it's time to file for early social security because I don't have enough money to be able to take care of the stuff that I, I need to take care of. And she went in to go file for it. And their, the, their office were, were, was like, why isn't he paying alimony? This man, this was like in June. And he had already made almost a million dollars in an income. And he hadn't paid any alimony for like two years or something. And when it happened a second time, I, we had to like serve him. And I was the only person that was in physical contact with him where I would see him. So I had to set him up and have uh, like tell him to meet me at a restaurant. And then he went to the restaurant and then they served him at the restaurant. And it was like kind of my only way of, it was the only way to make it happen was to completely destroy, like just, you know, flush this guy out. You know, it was the only way to do it. And uh, he, he had to pay out and he had to do all his stuff and whatever, whatever, whatever. And you know, um, 
then and then we we all cut him out like we stopped we all stopped having any communication with him and everybody's lives got significantly better because there was no worry about trying to you know make make things work or whatever so long story short um uh you know i strong i i still struggle with it because i'm still i'm still angry and i'm still frustrated about the whole thing but what really really helped is i wrote a pitch for a television show and um about about this time the, this the early time period in my life my my teen years uh with him and 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 uh the trump tower and the whole that whole kind of story and uh i sold it last year to uh one of the four major networks and uh got a big producer on it and i got to sit in conference rooms at this huge network and have people talk about what a giant piece of shit my father is (laughs) and that was like the best feeling in the world of them being like we really need to get rid of him as early into the script as possible no one wants this guy on screen this guy is terrible let's focus on your mom like who's gonna play her the whole bit and it was just um it was like the best experience of my life and i'm still working i was working on it before uh before we hopped on the phone today and um it's you know now we're uh we're you know we're in a in different stages with it than we were before but uh but really nice really really nice so life is you know that's the best the best revenge i i possibly i feel like i i could get would be to do a television show where i get to out this whole story and put it all out in the world and you know yeah that'd be great i love that and congratulations so well deserved, but but I also I just love that that you took this this pivotal trauma in your life and you turned it into this creative treasure, the show that's being made now, creative entity resonating with the biggest network, and and in making this or telling the story, however it's going to play out, you in turn are helping countless others going through the same or similar situation to feel not so alone. And in that sense, I mean, it's so beautiful because that's truly like a treasure that's going to keep giving. When I look at stuff like that, because I have uh, different but similar feeling circumstances, I go, wow, actually, he gave you a big gift, even though it didn't look Mm. like it at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, like, uh, I I went through some heartbreak, you know, uh, within the last you know few months and things, and um, I had to do some rewrites on the script that were like significant, and you know. Um, I, when I started doing these rewrites, I was like, oh my God, I have to go really deep and I got to like feel everything and like, you know, get my, like, like sometimes projects, like you're, when you're, when you're writing something that means a lot to you or you're like, 
doing something that means a lot to you, like you're, you're putting yourself in harm's way. You're like throwing yourself in front of the bus because you know that like you kind of have to get hit by the bus to be able to write or, or, or experience the, you know, refeel all of those emotions again. And, and, uh, Luckily, Melinda, I am a very, very good therapist, and I so I see somebody, and I I see someone every week, and he's really great, and it's incredibly helpful to have someone to talk to. I haven't always seen a therapist, but I, you know, like I, I think it's a very good idea to like, you know, if you're going through emotional times, and you know, you know, even if you have your family or people in, you know, people in your life kind of look down on, you know, you know, therapy or on working on yourself and all that kind of stuff. You, you got to do it for you. It's not about anybody else. Like it's just for you. And, um, you know, like, you know, the, the experience I, w- I once told my mom, she was like, what's driving you to write this show? And I said, uh, a couple of things, my love for my mother and for my, for knowing how hard she worked to like kick ass, you know, and be a great mom. That's, I'd say 80% of the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm writing it. Right. But 20% or 10% of the reason is to for justice like to like somehow have some sort of justice against this horrible thing that this shitty thing that this and then did again and you're like it's it's not like it just happened once it's actually happened three times with the same person so it's like like people do sometimes people do horrible stuff in life and they get away with it because nobody knows that it happened. And it's like, you don't always have to like write a book about it or something, but like, you know, if you, if you can and you don't, then it's your responsibility to, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not, you're not doing the thing that you could, could have done. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. I, I wanted to know, I, I really am. What a beautiful, I can't wait to, to see that by the way, but, um, what, what kind of therapy do you do that's helped you? Have you tried different kinds? Um, what works best for you in your, in your healing process there? Uh, I, I see a therapist who stands on my chest and then farts at my face and it's, it really works. I mean, it is, it's called, uh, gas therapy. Oh, I, I think sometimes they call that cognitive fart therapy too. Oh, cognitive fart therapy. I, uh, I CFT. Have, yes. Yeah, I've heard um, David Cross does that, I think, as well. Not <laughs> possible. Uh, I, I've, I've done, uh, I've done, I mean, pretty, it's pretty simple stuff. I mean, for me, the act of like going into somebody's office and sitting on their couch and them sitting in a chair across from me, it, for me, that is 
very, very helpful. That is not something that everybody needs. Some people need multiple people to be in. I've done it where I've had other people in the room, like I've brought family members in. And it doesn't really, for me, that doesn't really work. Like what what I appreciate, the thing that helps me the most is like kind of having somebody that I can talk to that, you know, may be able to shed some light on a, on a few things. Like, for example, because uh, I know there's a lot of big time Rush fans that are, you know, tune in to listen to me talk about stuff. Um, when I was doing the big time Rush show, um we uh, the first season of the show everybody that was on the show we were all uh the same like we were getting paid a little different but we were all basically the same we were experiencing all the same stuff you know we were meeting all the same people on the set for the first season right then the season ends and the boys the, the boy band on the show they go off on tour and they record their first album and i'm just here doing stand-up, you know? And they're meeting a million different people and performing with Justin Bieber and all sorts of stuff, right? So they come back to season two and we're all hanging out, a bunch of us, and I'm like, yo, you know, I'm like, I'm like sitting with them. And one of the guys was like, oh, Mark, uh, you know, asked if we were gonna, you know, come by later. And I said, if we get off in time, whatever. And I go, oh, who's Mark? And they were like, don't worry about it. No big deal. It's it's not about you. And I was like, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, they were talking about someone else and they were like, Oh my God. And then Rick did that crazy thing. And I was like, who's Rick? And they were like, it's, yeah, you don't know him. Don't worry about it. And I was like, I, I started feeling horrible, like depressed. And I could not figure out why I was like getting in this bad depression and uh you know i was still doing my job and we were still doing our stuff but i was like something just feels terrible and i reached out to a therapist and he was like yeah come on in and so i went in and had a sit down and i said to him yeah this is you know i've been just feeling really depressed he was like has anything changed recently and i was like well these guys have changed a bunch and he was like okay and i explained what had happened and uh he was like Oh, okay. So you have uh, a bunch of people that you work with and they suddenly people that are a big part of your life, right? For a long time. And then they leave and they stop connecting with you. And, um, and then they just keep leaving and you're, and then the times they'll be gone for will be longer and longer because they're going to be on these giant tours and I was like, oh, and he was like, who else in your life left constantly to go away on, on business trips and then, and then ended up leaving completely? And I was like, oh, and, he, and uh, he was like, he was like, yeah, so maybe go have some words with them and let them know that like, this is a little triggering for you. And um, maybe they'll, maybe they'll change their attitude. And I went in and I like sat the four guys from my show down and I was like, I love you guys, but you're being dismissive when I ask you who these people are. And I, I know it doesn't have any relation to me, but you're, you guys are making me feel like I'm an outsider and I, 
it, it, it makes me feel bad. So if you could try not to do that, it'd be great. And they felt horrible and they never, ever did it again for three more years. We did three more years together, two and a, two and a half, I mean, three to four more years. Never made me feel if I if there was ever a time that there was anything like that, they just knew that that was something that was weird for me. And like if they could, they didn't have the time to explain, you know, who they were hanging out with or whatever, then they would just go, oh, we'll tell you later or it's not a good time right now or whatever. But they were just so um, helpful. And that was like it made it just, you know, it's also you have to have the, you know, you got to have the uh, the you got to know that like, it's important to, to then relationships are important and you got to fix them. You got to stay on top of them. And just because they get, you know, uncomfortable sometimes doesn't mean, you know, not everybody is as open as you and I, Melinda, you know what I mean? It's true. And that's what, you know, what we're avoiding so much in that confrontation is that actually what brings intimacy getting to the other side of that and finding a new way to communicate and, and be together, you know? So that's amazing. That's so great. Um, what did your dad do when you guys showed up to the Trump towers and, and were like, what you're living in the trend? Did he have an explanation, an apology ever, an acknowledgement? No, 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 never apologized. Um, but he, he wasn't there when we got there. He, uh, they, my, I think my mom left a note at the, uh, front desk saying like, expect, you know, a call from my lawyer, basically like that was about it. Um, where there was, he, he never apologized or never tried to like make things right because, and this is like a tricky lesson to know is that like, not everybody knows when they're not everybody. <laughs> this is a, a kind of a fucked up thing to say. Not everybody is a good person and not everybody like really has your best, you know, um, uh, your, your feelings at heart. Like they're not, not everybody is trying to like make, make you feel good, especially if they, think that they're in the right a hundred percent and i've had long i had long conversations with him when i you know as an older adult person being like why did you do this and why did you do that and he was like what are you talking about like i it was my life like i wanted to go do what i wanted to do and you know i was in the right and blah 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 blah, blah. It's like some people just wow. are like that and or they they just have that kind of ego or that kind of mental state um that that they believe that they're you know like and the reason that i know that is because one of his one of my cousins on his side of the family reached out to me and was like you know why don't you ever come up here and hang out your you know your father would love you to come spend some time up here and it'd be so fun and and i was like what are you talking about? Like we haven't, I haven't spoken to him in six years because of this horrible thing that happened. And, and she was like, Oh, Oh, um, he never mentioned any of that. Like none of never said any of that kind of stuff, never heard any of that. And, um, 
all he says is, you know, you know, that he, you know, gets, you know, he, you know, at some point you guys are all going to hang out and it's all going to be great. And it's just that, that kind of like delusional type stuff, you know, and people believe what they want to believe. It's like, yeah, it's a pass. Like I, I, like my life and my family's life flourished so enormously after this guy was out that it's it's unbelievable melinda like because when you are trying to like make somebody care about you that only really cares about themselves or like or isn't interested it's like it's so damaging like it can be it can be really bad yeah yeah i i mean you know. I think, yeah, that the power of removing your energy and finding your inner validation uh, and removing your energy from trying to get answers uh, uh, is so powerful. It takes a while to get there, though, but that's so powerful. Did you like when you were, were like Courtney Love, to quote Courtney yeah. Love, said uh, that something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, to be a great performer, you really just need parents who ignore you. Do you feel that, because only people who had parents who completely ignored them are gonna need that kind of attention that one, you know, to to get on stage, which most people are deathly afraid of. Do you feel that this helped you as a performer in any way to help you to become the performer and writer that you are? Well, I think, you know, I got, I'm, I'm lucky enough. I had one parent who was like super, 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 super supportive. And one parent that was not, I mean, uh, like when I would do plays and musicals, um, my, you know, my father, like, repeatedly made sure that I knew that only gay men do theater and plays. And there's absolutely no, and that actors in general are all gay men. So that would mean that I was, I would be, that I'm gay. And I was like, but I'm not gay. I have a girlfriend. And he'd be like, do you, you know? And it was just like, (laughs) just, you know, and making it into like a negative, it's just, it's just a, just a shit show. Um, but it definitely made me, you know, like want to, I mean, probably, you know, like, I, I think, I mean, I think there's, there can be a drive from negativity to become better, uh, because you have a sense of like, um, what's it called uh, a sense of like uh uh like like a like uh like you fight in you to like fight and destroy and and crush and be you know be this amazing thing and and like you have this rage in you to like be the best you know because because you didn't have that kind of support but I got really, I got super, super lucky having a, uh, 
I'm, uh, you know, a, a mom that like, really, I mean, was insanely supportive and is still super, super supportive. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to write the show without her because it's, you know, it's about, a, you know, her and, and me and my sister. And she was incredibly helpful in all of that. So, you know, the thing, I, I mean, I think if you can have support from a family member in your career of what you want to do, I mean, God bless. That is, that's a wonderful thing. It's just not, not everybody gets that. You know? Yeah. It's true. Um, Steven, you are so prolific. Like you're one of the most prolific people I know. You are constantly podcasting, acting, directing, writing, selling shows, as long as I've known you, performing, doing stand-up, storytelling. What is your creative process? How do you do get all these things done? Oh my gosh, Melinda, you're the sweetest person in the whole world. And you are too. You've made a lot of amazing stuff. You really have. A guy is going to show up at my front door in about two minutes. Uh, and I'm going to have to just open the door and let him in. So don't think I'm being uh, uh, rude or anything. Sure. Um, the creative process for me, like, is like, I throw a lot of stuff out and I call like I'll call my manager and I'll be like, what if we did this, you know, thing? And then he'll just go, uh, no, no, don't do that. Or he'll go, I love that, you know, and like having a little bit of encouragement from him is always great, but it's not really kind of what, what like, gets me going like what gets me going and writing where I have to like you know like sit and do stuff I can only really write one script at a time um but I can do I could do that I can take a break I can go and podcast you know I can take a break from that I can work on a miniature script for a, a you know commercial or something I can take a break from that and work on a, on some 3D printing stuff or some, you know, art design stuff. It just needs to be in different categories for me to be able to accomplish things because when it's all the same, like if I have to, if I'm trying to write, I'm trying, right now I'm trying to write a film script and I'm doing notes on the script from the, from the show that I sold and I can't touch the film. I need to, the film script has to like, you know, film script has to hang out for a week while I work on the other stuff. Cause I can't do both at the same time. Yeah. I have, a, I have, I have trouble driving and, and looking out the window at the same time. Like, it's just, I'm very bad at doing two things at once. So I'm the same, but uh, like, what, what does that break down? Like your day? Like, do you, do you do like one hour writing a day or four hours or does it vary? Um, when I was writing the show at the network and I was getting notes and doing things like that all the time, um, I basically, if I got notes at 5 p.m. on the script, I would go, thank you so much for the notes. I'll have these changes for you very soon. And then I would just 
put them away and not look at them for the rest of the day. And then I would go, well, we're going to start tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up and have a little breakfast. I'm going to sit at the computer and we're going to start working. And sometimes that would mean I'm now going to sit at the computer for eight hours and not move basically. And just, just work on the, the language and rewriting little tiny things and fixing, fixing like, or just saying, let's just start a whole, let's, you know, fuck this whole scene. Let's just write the, the scene brand new from scratch. No preconceived notions. Let's see if we can have a better version if we just start over and then do, do one of those sometimes. And, you know, try to find different pathways to go down, you know? Um, I mean, every day I try to give myself a little bit of time to focus on social media and I'll say like, all right, we're going to do, you know, two hours where we just, we do like some tweeting we write some people for new podcast guests. You know, we, um, do some Instagram messaging and some, you know, photos and post some stuff and just stay active, you know, in, in, in that, in my social. But then after like a, a couple hours, I'll just go like a, an hour or two. I'll just be like, all right, we're done. This is enough of this, you know, maybe take an old clip and, and, uh, throw it in an editor in my phone and just resize it to use it for TikTok or for Instagram or whatever, like do, you know, a couple of things like that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I noticed your uh, TikTok has blown up. So I'm like, dang, Steven is out there making TikToks too. Like, what's your process been with that? I mean, I'm at 1.1 million on TikTok right now. I was at 500,000 a month ago. Wow. It's, and it, it's because of, uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, the big trick. Um, if, if there is someone that has a bigger following than you, then you go to them and you say, I want to collaborate with you. Here's the idea for our video that we would do together. And then they go, uh, sure, maybe. And then you go and meet them at a park and you shoot some stupid video. And, um, and then that, you know, those videos, like when you team up with someone, the, the app itself knows that that is a good thing. And so then they feature it. So like, for example, I did a video with these two girls. They, that were, they, one of them had 3 million followers. One of them had a million. And these two girls are not in the video. They just showed me how to make the video. So I, I said, hanging out with this girl and this girl and they're showing me they're teaching me how to use the app right that video did 16 million views which is insane but it's it's because the algorithm knows that if you're with somebody else and they're on the app and you guys are making it together it means that the app is working or whatever and so then they try to feature it and try to push it and and put it right out there, you know, and that's, so that, that, that's a big, that's a big thing, I guess. Okay. That's, and do you do that like every day or how do you keep up with that? I try to put up, 
a video to two videos per day. Um, but they can be, I mean, they're 15 seconds. So I'll listen to like whatever the new, um, most popular music is that they're doing. Um, then I'll, I'll try to, you know, copy it and do something funny. And, and you know, I also try to be a little, I try to be authentic on there too, that like, I'll, you know, I'll be like, let's, let's look at the weird stuff in my home, you know, and like show off weird stuff, you know, or I'll make videos of my, of my very silly, of this, this very silly monster right here. Because <laughs> oh, she's, dog. she's and- hilarious. And I won't, you know, I like, want people to see that I'm like hanging out with my dog, you know, or like stupid things like that. Like, uh, do you do uh reels on, on Instagram? Also the reels are trying to be TikTok, or you just, you just go OG TikTok. I haven't gotten into that yet. I, I don't really know how to do it. And I'm like, I already, it's like, I have to kind of be convinced also to do things like, I'm not joking when I say TikTok called me on the phone their like california office called me and asked me to join and i said i'm 40. (laughs) (laughs) no one no one wants this uh steven's answering the door so i'll just take this opportunity Sorry, sorry, that's okay. That's okay. 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 Sorry, buddy. Sorry. You want to see something really crazy? Yeah. Uh, McDonald's in my bathroom. Wow, McDonald's sign in your bathroom. How did you get that? I bought it from a guy in Inglewood. Oh my god, that's crazy. Raw McDonald's head. What inspired (laughs) you to make your a McDonald's? themed bathroom with a with a Ronald McDonald head and the golden arches. Um I turned my camera around. Did you see this? That's like a photo. What is that a photo of? That is me at one years old in Canada with my grandparents at McDonald's. Oh my gosh. Sweet. Uh, I, did I turn it back around? Uh no. There you are. There you go. Yeah, well, well, my mom worked at McDonald's to support our family, like my most of my teen years. So that's that's why I I I was trying to look for a, a new way of doing a you know something like that, like to do like a, a a kind of a cool weird bathroom. And I was like, why why not? It's so weird. Also, it's the guest bathroom. There's a master bathroom so i don't have to use it all the time and then that way when my guests come over they're like yeah i don't know if i'm gonna stay here for very long Ah, which is good i love it okay we only have five minutes before this uh turns off this ig live so what uh oh what about your podcasting how do you do your what's your podcasting process because you've made like 200 now so like almost we're almost at 200 we're so close incredible how did you like how do you find the time for that what's your process well um you know we only put out an episode a week um uh but the way that i do it um which i've gotten you know i've gotten a little better at it over time i i tried doing the thing where i i hired like i tried hiring a publicist 
to like book guests for me doesn't really doesn't really fly really um, why yeah, it, it kind of needs to be done personally like you kind of need to reach out and say hi i really want you to do this or like I worked with you on, uh, you know, this benefit show, or we did stand up together once and I would love to have you on the show. Like we just had Felipe Esparza on and it's like asking a, getting a request from a publicist about it is not as nice as, as again, him, you know, Felipe getting a message from me or from you saying, you know, I want you to be on the show. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. what I did to try to make the process a little more like the uh, together of like of booking the show is uh, I hired a friend, um, you know, who, uh, who is, you know, professional and knows how to send an email and knows how to formulate sentences and things. And um, I, I like, I, I only, she only works for me maybe an hour, uh, one day a week, a couple hours a week. And what I'll do is I'll say, okay, here's access to IMDb Pro, and here's a list of 25 people that I want to have on the show. Um, let's send them any individual emails, and um, you put the email together. And so then her and I kind of work together to put together, which when you're working with somebody else, you know, who's typing and so it's just, it, it moves so much faster. So she would put together these 25 emails and then I go one at a time through them and I just change little things to kind of be like, Oh, Mark Hamill, I met you backstage at the, you know, this movie premiere and we talked and it was so cool and you're the coolest, you know, easy, easy stuff. Little little things just to add to to individualize the that stuff, and then we send it out, and then we just you know start booking people, and then um, anybody that I know that makes movies or works in production, like I'll hit them up, like you know uh, home video or anything like that. I'll just say, hey, if you got any movies coming out, you need uh, somebody to do an interview for any you know to to promote, you know I'll help out or whatever, and. I'm I'm very very lucky, Melinda, that Matt Walker is my producer and my co-host on the show because he's very 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 smart and he knows how to make all the equipment work and uh, that you know and he knows how to edit and so I don't know how to do any of that shit. So my job literally ends when we finish the interview with whoever we're talking to, and then he still has more shit to do. I love but, that. Um, well, that's so cool. Well, I love learning about your creative process because I think when you spend too much time on all this stuff that you're not good at, that's how stuff never gets done. Yeah. And you know, like I, the, the other thing that I I know is going to sound super, super nerdy, but it's very real is, uh, I'm in my home office right now and my little home office is covered in action figures from the 1980s and present up through present day and robots and all sorts of nerdy shit everywhere. And it's 
it makes me feel very like it keeps me feeling creative. So when you're trying to come up with dialogue and you're sitting around, you know, just try, you know, instead of sitting in a, in a coffee shop or sitting in whatever, for me, that young creative, you know, brain from like when I was a kid and I was super creative playing with action figures and coming up with stories and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's what helps me out. So I always have a bunch of toys sitting on my desk or nerdy stuff. And that, that really helps. That helps, that helps my creative process. It's not everybody doesn't like that kind of shit though. Yeah, that's cool. I, I feel like my cat helps me stay creative because when I get stressed out, I'll just go capture him into a cuddle coma. And then it just oh, like yeah. takes my mind completely off of trying to solve a writing problem or something. And totally. it's like a stress totally. ball. Um, cool. Well, Stephen, what is next for you? I know we're in a pandemic. So how are you? What, what do you where are you putting your energy the next few months? I have something that I really want to do that I'm going to do. I'm just trying to, we're just trying to figure out some of the details of it, but I've been doing this thing where I go on Instagram live or TikTok live and I take song requests and I play them on the piano and, and do some songs and uh, sing like, you know, some popular music, things like that. And uh, I, I think I'm going to do like a small album, maybe like five or six covers of like just kind of oddball, like, you know, do a, a Marilyn Manson song, you know, on the piano, do a Britney Spears song or do a Post Malone song, like just put together like a little mini five, six song EP, you know, does it work? That sounds. Thank you. I think my kitchen lights are on. I think that's, that's the. All right. That's the, uh, that's the that's the big thing that I'm trying to set up right now. That sounds know? fantastic. All right. All right, my friend. Um. Thanks so much. Somebody somebody said to wish him luck in a football thing, and somebody else said, "How do you keep a good mental state if you go into the arts?" Oh yeah. Um, how do you? Thank you, Jose. My lights in my kitchen have been out for like two days. Yeah, so, they're back on. Oh, they just fix it. Sorry. Say, say it again, Melinda. I mean, uh, say say good luck on your football thing to one of the oh, viewers. Good luck, good luck on the football. Okay, and then <laughs> and then Stephen can't see the comments, so I'm telling. And then also, someone asked, "How do you go into the arts and keep a good mental health?" Um, you got to be in it for the experience, not for the end game. You got to play, you got to, you got to play it for the, the, you got to, you got to enjoy the process of it. You don't have to, like when you're playing football, you know, of course you're trying to win the game, right? But but you're also like, you got, but you are, but you're also playing football in front of, you know, millions of people on television and on, and stuff like you got to enjoy the fact that you're playing the game. So 
it doesn't matter. I mean, of course you want to win the game, but it doesn't really matter because you're already winning just by, you're already accomplishing so much by just being in it, you know? And that's how I feel about auditions. It's how I feel about um, production. It's how I feel about everything. Like there are, there are things that I've worked on that I've had an extremely good time doing that never came out because, you know, something, some, you know, the network went out of business. Like, um, you remember when everyone was doing those comedy specials, Melinda, they were like, uh, it was like on the cell phone, some cell phone company was doing oh, comedy yeah. specials. Remember this? Yeah. What was that? Are you there? Yeah. Something. Yeah. I, I don't remember what it was though. Well, like, it's like, you just have to enjoy the process. That's, that's my point. I think like, you know, it's like when, when you do stand up comedy, like when you're going up on stage, like you have to, enjoy, you can't, if you're, if you're the only thing you're going to take pleasure from is your closing joke, then it's like, what's the point? That's not, that's not what the point of life. Like you gotta enjoy all the moments and enjoy having all the funny interactions. That's, that's where the good stuff is. The good stuff is in the middle, you know? Yeah, the good stuff is in the participation, just participating, enjoying the process. All right, on that note, totally. Stephen, send me that uh, Fabio commercial. <laughs> I got to see I that. I will. Thanks so much for having me on oh, here. It means so much to me. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. I think you're, you're one of the greats. So thank you. You are. You are. All right, I'll talk soon. soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for uh, watching today. You can subscribe to this podcast for free uh, at melindahill.com and also get my new special, Inappropriate. And go follow Stephen on what is your Instagram? At Stephen. Oh, it's at Stephen Glickman, S-E-P-H-E-N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Bye, oh, everyone. Thank you. Bye. I'm Dr.